This is Ethan, and I'm here with Dave, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 102-inch. On this week's episode, we conclude our legendary interview with Weird Al's longtime friend and confidant, Joel Miller. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch you don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. Oh boy, I can't wait for the conclusion of our three-part interview with Joel Miller. Me either. I've really enjoyed the first two parts. Joel is just so funny. And he has so many great stories and insights to share with us. I can't believe last week we ended on such a cliffhanger. I just need to know what Joel says. Well, you were there when we recorded the interview. Well... Yeah, but that was a year ago, Dave. I don't even remember not to wear those shoes. Well, luckily, we just have a few ads and some news to share, and then you can get the sweet satisfaction of hearing Joel's cliffhanger answer. All right, all right. Well, I I suppose we should tell them about our big, exciting two-year anniversary concert? Yeah, of course we should. So the concert, it will be held on Saturday, May 8th, our actual two-year anniversary, and it's a special benefit for our Patreon supporters and their families at the $5 tier or above, and is starring Trevor Strong of the Arrogant Worms. For anyone who's not yet a Patreon supporter, do not worry, do not freak out, take a deep breath, (sighs) it's not too late. You can join our Patreon family right now by visiting patreon.com slash 2000inch for access to this exclusive concert. Plus, you will be supporting the podcast and get all the other great perks that a member of our Patreon family gets, like being able to hear our black and white and weird all over bonus episodes before they are published. RSVPs are required for the concert because slots are limited. We want to make sure you get your spot. So let Frank know if you are going to the event by emailing frank at 2000inch.com. Let him know ASAP. Trevor's got a great treat for us. He'll be performing some pretty amazing songs, including some from the Arrogant Worms catalog, as well as cover versions of Weird Al songs. And, well, you just do not want to miss this concert. Now, Dave, did that whole thing, did that count as an ad? Yeah, I suppose it does. Well, I mean, it's not like we are paying ourselves to do that ad, are we? Yeah, but technically our intern, Frank, pays us to do that ad, so I think it's good. Oh, right. Okay, good. All right, well, Frank, cough up the money because we have another ad coming. This time it is for our new segment... Comedy rap albums from exactly 10 years ago. We all know David Grant from episode 87 Inch, but did we also know that he has a comedy rap persona named MC Chalkskin? Yes, yes, we did know that. Oh, but did we know that April 1st was the 10-year anniversary of MC Chalkskin's debut album, Fresh Donuts? Yep, we also knew that. Uh, did we know to head over to wolfinwool.com for information about MC Chalkskin and David's other great projects? Absolutely, we knew that. Well, okay, well, I'm sure we knew that Fresh Donuts was available on iTunes, Amazon, and wherever digital music is sold. Absolutely correct. Well, what don't we know? I have no idea what we don't know. Oh, right. Well... Let's get on to this week in Weird Al-related news. 
this is exciting. This is some news that came out back on April 1st regarding a brand new Weird Al podcast. Here, let's listen to the announcement. Coming this spring, two Weird Al mega fans launch a brand new podcast. Adrian Vasquez and Mike Minnick present Living in Weird Al's Fridge, a podcast devoted strictly to mentions of food in Weird Al songs. Join Mike and Adrian as they discuss the white stuff. Baby. Tacos. Grande. Bologna. <laughs> Ham on whole wheat. All right. Bear claws. I'm sorry, what? What? Really? Are you sure? All right. I'm sorry, they're all out of bear claw discussion. But there's plenty of other foods to discuss. Plus, each week, they will interview a special guest. The curator of the Spam Museum. Al's Refrigerator Repairman. A guy who stood behind Al in line at Whole Foods. And William Refrigerator Perry. And stay tuned for special bonus episodes where they interview John Bermuda Schwartz as he goes line by line, item by item, on his grocery list. So grab your Twinkie Wiener sandwiches and join Adrian, Mike, and their intern Harvey as they eat their way through Al's catalog. Living in Weird Al's Fridge, the internet's number two Weird Al podcast named after a song from Alapalooza. Wow, sounds like our friends Adrian Vasquez and Mike Minnick are up to something fun. But April 1st, does that sound a little suspicious to you, Ethan? Yeah, you would think they would have at least waited another day to coincide with Dr. Demento's 80th birthday. And I wonder what they mean about the number two Weird Al podcast named after a song from Alapalooza. I mean, what is the number one podcast? Uh, I don't know. We're going to have to have our intern Frank do some research into that. Now, there is some other exciting news. There is a brand new Weird Al vinyl release coming. Yeah, this is the first Weird Al vinyl single that will be released exclusively for Record Store Day. Now, the song, of course, is from Demented Punk and Medium Rarities. It is Weird Al's cover of Beat on the Brat by the Ramones, and it is being released on a three-inch vinyl single for the upcoming Record Store Day. I'm so glad that they actually chose this song. It is one of my favorite Weird Al songs. I just absolutely love their version of Beat on the Brat. So this three-inch single will actually be released this coming July 17th. And collectors, it is a limited edition of only 1,500. And it comes with a collector's poster and a sleeve featuring the Weird Al Brat Beater artwork by Garbage Pail Kids artist Neil Camera. Dave and I, when we first saw this, we were thinking, what the heck is a three-inch record? Well, the three-inch record is this exclusive format made to play on the Crosley RSD3 mini turntable. Well, I really want the single, and apparently those mini turntables, they run about $60, so I probably won't pick up a special player just to listen to the song, but I definitely am going to pick up that single one way or another. Now, unless you buy from a reseller online, like on eBay or Discogs, these three-inch singles are only going to be available in person at participating record stores, as with all the other record store day exclusives. So, let the games begin i think it's important that all collectors look out for each other so if any of our listeners find this please pick up a copy just in case ethan or myself can't find it at a local record store now speaking of artwork by garbage pal kids artist we talked about last week the brand new green jello aka green jelly album dropping garbage band kids 
Yeah, the album features a cameo by Weird Al, and it's coming out this June 4th. But what we didn't realize is that if you actually pre-order it right now, they'll send you the CD and vinyl early. Yes, I was so surprised when I got an email saying that my order had shipped. I got the same email. I'm really excited to get this album and hear exactly how Weird Al fits in there and also Hacksaw Jim Duggan as well. Yes. If you want to pre-order and get that early, head over to cleorex.com. That's C-L-E-O-R-E-C-S.com and get Garbage Band Kids. Very cool. Okay, okay. We finally got through all of our news and all of our ads. So without any further ado, let us finally listen to the last part of our interview with Joel Miller. One thing that had struck me in the New York Times article was Sam Anderson saying that even Suzanne has never heard Al swear. Knowing Al for as long as you have, have you ever heard Al use an expletive? Uh, Wait! What? What about our burrito burrito ad? We can just do that later after the interview's over. Well, we, we already paused the interview here. Let's just, uh, this week's episode is brought to you in part by vegan Mexican restaurant Burrito Burrito in Troy, New York. Home of the two-pound double wrapped in the quesadilla Burrito Burrito. Come on down to Burrito Burrito and Burrito Burrito, your Burrito Burrito. Find them at burritosquared.com and add Burrito Squared on Instagram. And remember, not every burrito is a Burrito Burrito Burrito, but every Burrito 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 can be Burrito Burritoed. From Troy to Uranus, Burrito Burrito is out of this world. Okay, great. So now we've gone through all the ads and all the news. So let's move on to part three of our interview with Joel Miller. One thing that had struck me in the New York Times article was Sam Anderson saying that even Suzanne has never heard Al swear. Wait! <sighs> what now? Should we even be asking this question to Joel? I mean, this is a family-friendly podcast, you know. Well, you didn't think it was a problem when you actually asked the question to Joel. It'll be fine. Trust me. Let's just pick up our interview with Joel Miller right now. One thing that had struck me in the New York Times article was... Wait! Seriously, Ethan? Dave, what if Joel uses spicy language? Ethan, we are journalists. We need to report the news exactly as it happens. What will it say about us if we started censoring our guests? Okay, I guess that's fair. Our, our listeners deserve to know. You're right. And our listeners also deserve to hear the conclusion of our interview with Joel Miller. One thing that had struck me in the New York Times article was Sam Anderson saying that even Suzanne has never heard Al swear. Knowing Al for as long as you have, have you ever heard Al use an expletive? Uh, yes. And... He he takes exception to one of them. Okay. Uh, he said, <laughs> I, I never did that. Um, but I have one other person that was there that will corroborate <laughs> if that's the right, right word. The, there was two people there. One doesn't remember at all. And the other one said, yeah, he said that. Um, but it was be because of the fact that we had done something that shocked the heck out of him, and it just kind of slipped out. And the other, and what the word was it? Other, excuse me. And what was the word? Oh, he 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 said. <laughs> and he he says he was he was quite upset about it. He he said sorry. I'm going to apologize to him because he'll probably listen to this. Um. <laughs> But he was, a, he says, I've never said the <laughs> word in my life. I take exception to that. And I said, I was there and I heard you say it. Sorry. 
<laughs> if it's if it's incorrect, then I remember it incorrectly. The what we had done was that it was his it was his birthday, and we had got this Playboy magazine that had a life size fold out. We're talking life size. <laughs> so we had put the picture up at the top of the stairs, and we turned the lights down. So really, if you were coming around the corner, you would think there was a naked woman at the top of the stairs. <laughs> so we said we got you something for your birthday and she's waiting for you upstairs and he turned the corner and that's when it popped out now he says i don't i don't remember that i don't remember saying that i don't remember anything about that now probably he was so shocked it's one of those things that you forget complete yeah. you, know, you, you blank it's like a drunk you know blanking out or blacking out right and the other time was just said because he was so excited about going on stage and um i don't know if he disputes this one or not but again i'll i'll apologize because he really he is um does not swear um, and tries very hard. Well, he just, it's not really in his vocabulary. That's not where he, that's not where he goes. Right. That's not where his right. mind goes. Right. And he was just, uh, kind of really, ex- we we're going out. There was a big audience. The people were primed. It was just, gonna, we were both feeling great. It was going to be a lot of fun. And we said, well, we're, he said, we're just, we're just going <laughs> to kill it. So, um, and I didn't think, I didn't think anything of it. I mean, I was like, yeah, we're going to kill it. But he'll say, I don't remember saying that. I don't remember. I don't remember anything about it. There goes Joel again. He's saying crap that isn't true. And I think as, as you get older, maybe, um, you know, stuff stuff loses things in translation i don't know (laughs) but i remember it stood out because he does not swear right (laughs) right yeah so (laughs) all these years later you can remember twice (laughs) right no that's that's it that's that's all i can remember wow he'll he'll say things like maybe dang or or fudge or whatever but um and he's and I did ask him one time. Uh, somebody asked me, "Is he uh, religious? Uh, is that why he doesn't swear?" And I knew that he went to church all the time with his folks, mm-hmm. like every Sunday. And I remember asking him, "Are you religious because you're religious, or are you religious out of habit?" And he said, "I'm religious because I'm religious." Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, we're I'm I'm Jewish, which probably the reason that I have all my anxiety because Jews were all freaking nuts. <laughs> but um, <laughs> we have we're people are always trying to kill us, and we're really interbred. So we're like always looking out for you know. It's like oh my god, who's gonna kill me now? Who's coming after me? <laughs> um, but he's he's very respectful of everybody's belief system. Um, and tries to see really the good in everybody. He, he's like me in that it's the old thing. If there's a big pile of, of, of horse manure, you know, you're there with a shovel because you're looking for the pony. 
And I don't know if you've ever heard that one before. There must be a no. pony in there somewhere. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so he's he's a pony kind of person as opposed to, oh, you know, I got to clean this up. Um, yeah, so he's he's one of those special people that, that likes to see the, the best in everything. And on uh, Behind the Music, you had said that Al never does any drugs. And if he took no. any drugs, he'd probably be normal. Have you ever seen him? <laughs> no, no. And we tried to, in, back in the dorms, we tried to get him uh, stoned by blowing stuff in his face and stuff. And he, he would like, get away from me, you bunch of stoners. <laughs> we had a, we had a, a a dry campus meaning that it was illegal to have alcohol on campus hmm. and i remember the the last day of my uh first year i got caught with a bunch of other people with a beer i was done with all my classes my finals were over we were packing up we we're drinking a beer and the resident advisor comes by and says all oh, you guys are busted and we go what it's the what what the F is the matter with you? It's the last day. We're having one beer and then we're going to leave. Nope. Got to write you up. So um, Al was not in on that because he didn't, he didn't drink. Mm-hmm. Um, and he didn't, he didn't smoke. So um, because of the fact that alcohol wasn't allowed, a lot of people, including myself, would smoke pot from time to time. And he just thought we were hilarious. I mean, this is like, I, I ran through the hall one time going like, where are my glasses? Where are my glasses? Where are my glasses? And he goes, you're wearing them. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going, oh my God, I'm blind. You know, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> he was amused. He was amused by all of us. But no, he never, never did any drugs or anything. And I remember later on, uh, just some uh, social drinking. Mm-hmm. never seen never seen him drunk never were there any rules that he did break in college that you can think of no really boring <laughs> <laughs> because my first year i got put on academic probation and i got put on disciplinary probation <laughs> i was going for that double secret probation <laughs> like an animal house you're on double secret probation <laughs> yeah the one year that i decided uh, or i should say the one quarter i decided that well if I study when I'm stoned, then if I take the test when I'm stoned, it'll all come back. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that does not work. <laughs> what happens is you just draw little pictures on the test. <laughs> so I ended up that quarter with a 1.75 GPA. Oh. And got called into the counselor's office saying, do you think you want to stay in school? And basically they gave us the beachcomber speech, which was, um, you can do anything that you want to. You can be a beachcomber, but you have to be willing to accept the the consequences of your actions. I go, yeah, thanks. Would you just sign this? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I gotcha. Thanks a lot, chief. Okay, just sign this. Let me out of here. Then I then I buckled down. It was just kind of one of those things where like, yeah, I want this twisted reality for a while. Things are too hard and, um, you know, you take kind of the easy way out. Again, it's that thing where you want to be in a in a different headspace. Right. Because the one that you're in is just too hard or too demanding or whatever. 
Now, one early on song I also want to ask about was the song Take Me Down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was, um, I wrote one line, uh, take me down to that good old slow town where time shifts into neutral and idles away, <laughs> was was my, uh, I had written a whole song and Al liked that one particular <laughs> line. <laughs> he says, well, this will do. It's kind of like when they, they took me out of line in, in choir, it's like, please don't open your mouth again. It was like, I... I like that line. Thank you very much. And then we went and we recorded it. And we thought that by sending the song in, we would get to record in a real recording studio. Mm. But they, we did it on Al's four track on his, um, his uh, reel to reel. And there was a roommate of his that thought that we just sucked and that <laughs> we would, we would never amount to anything. He goes, what, you think you can play bongos to anything? I said, yeah, play something. I'll play bongos to it. He says, classical music? I said, I can still play bongos to it. Why can't you? And he goes, you guys are idiots. He says, you're never going to amount to anything. I don't know what you think you're doing. And um, so I won't say what the guy's name was, but we figure as long as that guy is still alive, that Al will be successful. <laughs> <laughs> so Al, Al's secretly paying his medical bills is what you're saying <laughs> that's probably we'll probably we'll just we'll stick him in a heart lung machine until the guy is 101 because it's uh you know revenge is a dish best served cold or yes. whatever they say yes but it's always nice you know you do what people say that you can't do yep and so Al's like i'm gonna show him you know <laughs> right <laughs> And I think the guy has been interviewed since and said, yeah, they recorded at my place. It was great. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I knew he was going to be successful. Yeah, right. <laughs> I saw it. I told everybody. Yeah. I said, this guy. <laughs> we should have him on our show. You should, you should tell us mm. off the air. And then while he's <laughs> spewing his nonsense, Dave and I'll come in with the truth. That's right. <laughs> No, we don't want to. We don't want to uh, um, interrupt the the balance of the universe. That's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because then it'll be like Superman's Bizarro backwards world. <laughs> we don't want that. Right. Where everything makes you know no sense. Oh, wait a minute, that's happening now. <laughs> we are all just in Superman's backwards Bizarro. Yikes. I think I had those, my mom threw out my comic books, and I think a lot of them would be worth a lot of money. <laughs> I'm it's sure. like, honey, I cleaned up all this stuff, my skateboards, you know, it's like, <laughs> oh, no. I cleaned up all the stuff, where is it, where, where is it, oh, I threw it out, no! <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> they get the comic book sniffing dogs out to the <laughs> trash dump. <laughs> you have to learn to let go. Let go. So a cool cameo that you've had is on the cover of Al's Poodle Hat album. Yes, that was very cool. What was the story behind that, and what's the story about the Scrubs? Um, the first of all, his his dog Bella, uh, that was Suzanne's dog that came with the the marriage. Mm. Bella was so so sweet, just such. Uh, I mean, Bella to the point where she wouldn't leave you alone for the first half hour that you um, <laughs> that you went to to go visit. She was just such a sweet little dog. And Al really loved uh, Bella. And 
Uh, I just showed up at the shoot, and what was really kind of cool about that, it was done, uh, we have uh, CBS Studios local here, where uh, the Mary Tyler Moore show was filmed in Studio City, mm. and uh, they had a soundstage uh, that had nothing but a subway car there, and he had made, uh, a, I guess, a casting call for people that looked kind of... Um, nerdish or whatever other characters that he wanted and I remember coming up in the elevator with um, a gentleman that would I don't think he's on the cover I think he's blocked out by a character unfortunately but I said hey are you here for the shoot and he says yes I am and I said so you're you're I said I'm a fellow nerd so you must be one of the nerds and he goes I said perfect perfect wardrobe and he goes Sadly, these are my clothes. <laughs> and actually, the same thing, same thing happened to me with the shoot uh, headline news where I played Jeff Galuli, which was Tonya Harding's uh, husband who conspired to um, right. smash Nancy Kerrigan in, in the kneecap. And when I showed up, the wardrobe mistress said, oh, I see you've already been to wardrobe. You look like perfect white trash. And I said, sadly, these are my clothes. And she said, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I said, no, no, it's cool. I'm very comfortable being white trash. It's it's cool. But so that particular, the shoot uh, for Poodle Hat, uh, it was a very cool, huge soundstage, and um, Suzanne at the time was very pregnant, and I think she would give birth not too long after the shoot, hmm. and they just led me back to the different things that I could wear, and I said, I want the, give me the scrubs, so they just put me in the scrubs. I said, what has the least amount of, like, um, and they didn't even put any makeup on me or anything, they just said. <laughs> <laughs> just, I just said, here you go. And there's a really cool, I think Bermuda took a picture of me with a stethoscope on Suzanne's belly. Oh, cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I, I don't know where it is or if it still exists anymore, but it was, and um, Al's in-laws uh, were there, uh, Sally and Bob, and his his in-laws are just so sweet. Um, I love them. They're, they're just such terrific people. He was... He really married up. <laughs> his 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 wife is amazing. Her parents are amazing, and and you know, unfortunately, Al's parents passed away in the carbon monoxide mm-hmm. accident. And uh, for him to have that kind of you know family uh, uh, to help him through that time, and not only um, you know the Suzanne's uh, mom and dad are kind of you know, another extended family that Al never had because, and Suzanne is a, is an only child as well. Oh, interesting. So, uh, to have, and then Nina is an only child. Um, and Nina's amazing as well. I mean, she can probably do whatever the heck she wants. She's so bright. Um, and, and such a nice person. And that's what's really disgusting about it, all of them. (laughs) (laughs) They're all terrific. (laughs) Except the dog. Oh, yeah? Sandy. Yeah, Sandy has some issues with people, although maybe she's better now. (laughs) They have a a new dog, uh, Sandy. Um, But but so Bella, which her name was Bella de Ball, um, 
they wanted to pay homage to to Bella. She was getting on in years, and um, I don't know why he named it Poodle Hat. Um, <laughs> and and my thing, and and just it was a really fun shoot. Um, and I remember that the the guy that I had met in the elevator, they had served us pizza uh, during a break, and he was kind of sitting off by himself. And I said, what are you doing over there? Come and join us, man. Come and join us. I'm just that way. I don't like to see people by themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the whole thing with the bully thing. It's like, yeah. I just saw red. Right. Um, I don't like anybody being made fun of. I don't. I just, I don't know what it is, probably because as, as a kid, I was bullied for a little while until I found out, um, how not to, how not to be bullied. Mm-hmm. But, um, so I remember him, so we brought him into the group and we're all asking him questions and all this kind of stuff. And he got to meet everybody and I introduced him to everybody and he was almost crying and I said, are you okay? What's the matter? And he said, this is the nicest anybody, you know, a group has ever been to me. I've been on a lot of these shoots and they just treat me, you know, like I'm, I'm there and just get the hell out. Oh. I'm almost, I'm almost welling up as I talk about it, but it was, it meant so much to him to be included and that he was very valuable to what was going on. And Again, like I said in the New York Times thing, he was in a safe space and he could do what he wanted and he was appreciated for who he was. Um, and it was it was a really fun shoot to do. And um, of course, you know, the album was great. All his albums mm-hmm. were great. Mm-hmm. Right. So, Joel, have you had any other cameos? I know you mentioned headline news. You know, is there any other cameos that people may not be familiar with? Um, I was in Living with a Hernia. Uh so fast that nobody would know that it's me. <laughs> um, there's a, a line of people that Al is walking down this path and there's a line of people that run around him and then like he's in slow motion, then run away. So I was the person that led the line and ran around and, and um, <laughs> took advantage of my track and field. Uh, training. Yes. yes. And um, stuff we did, uh, Al TV on MTV, mm-hmm. yep, uh, which was a lot of fun and had a lot to do with kind of getting him out there. And, and I remember we were so excited to see it that his manager, Jay Levy, and again, Jay, another amazing guy. Yeah. I mean, it's just disgusting. Yeah. Everybody around Al is, is amazing. <laughs> um, I love Jay. He's, he's wonderful. Um and so uh, Jay arranged to have, he rented a bunch of uh, big screen TVs and had the viewing party at his house. And I was just so excited because I had been a part of it. And we had done stuff that was similar on the radio station. Mm-hmm. Every April Fool's, you got to do an, and uh, uh, Al looked forward to that all year. Oh my God, that he could do anything that he wanted. Because usually <laughs> it was like, you got to do this, you got to do that. Right. And so the radio station's name was KCPR and it would be like KCPR music or whatever. So Al would do KCPR garbage, (laughs) (laughs) but it was done on his uh, reel to reel. And then he slowed things down and sped it up. And uh, that's when we did a lot of our comedy bits and he got to do what he wanted to do which was kind of the basis for Al TV. Mm-hmm. 
which was he was going to take over the airwaves and do what he wanted to do. So he was going to he was going to parody MTV just like he had parodied KCPR the radio station. Right. And it was I think they asked he did it a, I think what like 3 or 4 times. I I did a couple of things which was um there was a uh Mutual of Omaha was a I don't know, this is kind of boring, but it was, it was an insurance company. There was an insurance company. There was a, a, they sponsored a program called Wild Kingdom. Marlon Perkins was the uh, the host of this thing called Wild Kingdom. And so he'd always go, we're going to switch now to this, this wild habitat where you're going to see lions, you know, stock their, oh, their prey, blah, blah, blah. So I did this thing, which was uh, Marlon Perkins getting eaten alive by wild animals um, which which now i i look at it and i cringe every time i see it um it there's just some things where you go oh my god that was just so stupid why why did i do that and i remember my dad was on there and my dad had a problem emoting so showing any kind of emotion <laughs> So Al was like, okay, this is like a Franklin Mint, Mint set, but really it's just a penny. So when I give you this, I, I, I'm going to ask you, how much do you think this is worth? And I want you to say, about a million dollars. And so they would say to my dad, okay, now do your line. He goes, about a million dollars. No. <laughs> and he never, he never could. And finally they would just go, that's good enough. That's all we're going to get. That's all we're going to get. Um we also did when Al parodied, um, he did a Prince interview, mm-hmm. um, yeah. where Prince is in the background and Al is doing his, his deal. I'm in that one. And my father eats a sandwich towards the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My dad eats a sandwich towards the end of that one. And I'm trying to think, of course, Ricky, the very first one, we were just so excited uh, to number one to do a video, mm-hmm. I think the whole video cost like two thousand bucks. Wow, wow, yeah. Um, and we each had to sign a little waiver, and they paid us a dollar. <laughs> and we, and because it was professional, and since you paid a dollar, then and you were paid for your services, right. then they got to they got to own it. <laughs> and um, it was. Now, Bermuda is um, going to be publishing a book, I think maybe July. Right. Um, yeah. I don't know when it's coming out, but he's, of course, been this historian and he's always taken pictures. And there were some pictures of myself and my dad and behind the scenes of the Ricky that he took in black and white. And I had never seen those pictures before. And... Mm. Um, I, it was just uh, very emotional and very touching, and I, I thanked him profusely. I said, I'm very touched. I said, not in the brain-dead kind of way, but touched emotionally. Mm-hmm. And he mm. was just uh, very nice to send me these. He says, I scanned all these things, and I don't think maybe that you've ever seen them, so he, he sent them on to me. And um, it was just very sweet, and I can't wait for the book. I know the book's going to be absolutely terrific. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I don't know of any other... I mean, there may have been some other stuff that I, I've done. There's... At the beginning of the uh, the fat video, there's some guys that are coming out of a, um, a manhole cover. Mm-hmm. 
And right. uh, there were some sounds like you'd hear from the Three Stooges. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. so, yeah, that was me. Uh, <laughs> I happened to be visiting the, the editing bay when they're editing that thing. And uh, they said, we just got to sweeten this up just a little bit. And uh, would you mind doing some stuff? You know, like these guys are coming out. I said, okay, I'll do some of them. Whoop, 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 whoop. You know, did, did that stuff. <laughs> and I, I do remember that we knew that it was going to be this huge hit when there was a school class that was coming through that day and like bring your kid to work day. Uh-huh. And this guy, so a whole class of like high schoolers or junior high school and they said, hey, we, hey guys, we just finished editing this. You guys want to take a look at this? And we played it, and they went nuts. <laughs> and I wow. said, this is really going to be something. And then I remember uh, the place where I worked, nobody really knew. They knew of Al, but not really what he had done. So I brought the videotape of the original Michael Jackson, and then I brought Al's video, and I played them one after another, and they lost it. So here are people that that don't even know who Al is and they're losing right. it. And so, of course, right. that, that catapulted him overnight from this guy that was just kind of struggling going from place to place. And I think before that, his big concert maybe was the missing persons at the Santa Monica Civic, uh, which was not a good match. No. Uh, <laughs> I really liked Missing Persons, and they were they were very nice. They they were really cool, and I don't know who made that. Uh, like, Missing Persons people really like Al. I don't know who made that connection. <laughs> and I do remember him uh, coming out, and I was really excited for him. And I was standing in the front, and uh, people really didn't want to listen to accordion music, no matter what it was, Ugh. and. People, uh, one guy hit him in the head with an apple. Oh, man. Oh. All, this, all of a sudden, Al's head went like flying backwards and like apple pieces went all over the place. Oh. And I'm like looking, I'm seeing red, like I'm going to beat the crap right. out of somebody. <laughs> right. And uh, I decided that discretion is a better part of valor and that I wouldn't get involved in some kind of skirmish because that would be stupid because um, I'm, you know, I'm not that big of a person. I'm like, uh, close to 510 but at that point i probably weighed like 135 or something <laughs> but uh i remember going to the green room afterward and al was really dejected and as much as i liked uh, missing persons i didn't go out and see the act i just stayed with him in the green room and we mm-hmm. just um we just made ourselves a sandwich and i just said hey you know it just wasn't the right kind of audience and those guys are a-holes and Blah, blah, blah. And that's came that little famous thing where, where Al's recanted this story as well. Not recanted, but he is he's told this story where we're walking to the car mm-hmm. afterward and some kid goes, hey, are you Weird Al? And Al's like, yes, yes, I am. He says, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> and Al's going, uh, capper to a great evening. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, it was great. <laughs> So you you were with him for the you suck. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I thought the guy uh, it was um, you know a, a younger younger kid, uh, and we thought maybe he had come to see Al, but right. obviously he didn't. Ugh. And yeah, he just said you suck. <laughs> and I think Al said 
well, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say, like, you suck too. He's just like, well, thanks for that. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Duly noted. Duly noted. Joel, I'm really interested about the first time, you know, Al meets your family. First time was I was having a house party during the summer. Uh, of course, he lived in Linwood, and Linwood's probably about an hour from where I lived, I think. And where was that? Uh, Studio City. Okay. So Studio City is about two miles west of Universal Studios, um, and we live way up in the hills and stuff. And I don't think, I'm not even sure that he had been to a party. <laughs> so this this is um, right after we had met, started playing together for the first time, but we hadn't performed with one another and we became friends and I invited him over the summer, uh, to, like I said, a house party. And, um, he, my mom, so it's like, I don't know, six in the morning. And my mom kind of nudges me awake and I go, yeah, yeah, what's wrong? She said, I think your friend is out in front sleeping in his car. (laughs) And I go, what? She says, yeah, the, the kid that you told me about, I think he's in his he's in his car and sure enough it was al (laughs) he was like so excited about the party or wanted to get the heck away from his parents he had i think got there in the middle of the night whoa and parked his car and just and he was asleep (laughs) and i went over and knocked on his on his window and he like he goes i says you're at the right place but dude you're like 12 hours early (laughs) and he goes oh no i was just just wanted to make sure that i got here i don't remember what it was and we got him some breakfast and um he was just that was the first time and then so my dad my dad met him and my but my mom i think was she's going like i think your friend's in his car <laughs> I'm like I hope he's not dead. That would not that would not be good. And so I do remember that um we uh that might have been the first time that Al had a a little bit of alcohol, but not not much, you know that he tasted it and went like that, yeah. you know. Right. And uh there was this uh girl that he liked who I don't remember who it was cuz nothing nothing they didn't have a date or nothing happened Mm -hmm. after that but um he (laughs) in true al form she was in the kitchen and he kind of hopped past her with his uh, leg over his head (laughs) (laughs) and she's like what And then uh, that night we would uh, perform in the living room. We just got everybody together and we performed in the living room. Oh, cool. So I'm sure it's one of those things where somebody said, hey, you know that guy, Weird Al? Well, I saw him perform in a living room before he was like Weird Al. (laughs) But it was a lot of it was a lot of fun. It was it was actually a really cool house party and he had a great time and. My mom said, is he staying here? I says, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. But that was the first time my parents had met him. And my dad always had a wonderful sense of humor. So they, they got along really well. Mm-hmm. And were you close with Al's parents at all? No, no, not at all. Um, I had met Nick uh, several times and he was gregarious, but his mom, uh, Mary, was very kind of distant. 
Mm. Um, and I don't remember really having much of uh, conversations uh, with her. She was very sweet, mm-hmm. a very sweet lady. And she used to send Al almost every week or every month a uh, typewritten note on small little um, typewriter paper Hmm. um, and just tell him what was going on in the neighborhood, that kind of stuff. And that was actually even after he was, uh, had, had got some traction and people knew who he was. And once in a while fans would show up at his uh, parents' house in uh, Fallbrook in uh, San Diego. And she would write him stuff like, uh, some of your fans stopped by the house today, so I let them in to see your room. They were oh, no. they were very nice, and I served them lemonade. Oh. They thought they thought it was fresh squeezed, but it was really country time. So <laughs> that was like a big joke for her. Like she'd pulled one over on him by giving them prepared, you know, lemonade. <laughs> powder or something (laughs) but she was a very very sweet lady i do remember um at his wedding where it seemed weird to me that she didn't really she wasn't into affection really uh and instead of like hugging al after he got married she walked up to him i was walking up to him to say something because uh i was going to be um taking him to uh, back to where they were going to have the reception mm-hmm. and his mom came up to him and she just kind of smiled and uh, socked him in the shoulder <laughs> just kind of like a little playful yeah. like yeah you, you did it you know like <laughs> yeah. you did it and I thought that was kind of bizarre where his dad was like yeah you know uh, Nick was very gregarious and and kind of larger than life and she was kind of uh, mousy and and reserved was there anyone crazy at Al's wedding? Did Prince show up? You know, <laughs> not really. No, no. Uh, uh-uh. uh. I remember that um, it was really stressful for me because um, I was, you know, best man and uh, did the. We decided that we were going. To, he didn't want to do anything raunchy for his bachelor party, mm-hmm. so I said, "Okay, how about um, paintball." None of us had ever done paintball before. Mm-hmm. So I arranged that whole thing. We did, we, I rented this area that we could have paintball and some of his really close friends were there. And this one guy who, um, uh, the amazing Jonathan, who is a um, comedian mm-hmm. and yeah. I don't think he's doing really well now health wise or something. At least that's what I understand. But um um, just as a side note, he, I actually saw him about a year ago. He's recovered a little bit. Oh, has he? He's touring again. Yeah. He okay. Then I can say he was a total a hole. <laughs> <laughs> he was a total total a hole, and um, would shoot you almost. Uh, he he go. Oh, I wonder if my gun works, and then he'd shoot you in the nuts. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> With a paintball. Oh no. <laughs> Yeah, and if it just like was ridiculous, um, I had welts all over my ass from that guy. He he, he says, "Hey, uh, can I borrow some?" Because I didn't use most of my. He was just like 
firing them off like a submachine <laughs> gun. And he says, hey, can I borrow some ears? And I say, here, let's see if it works. And blah, 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 blah. I go, Jesus. <laughs> what the hell are you doing? Oh, man. And I remember there are some pictures, I think I still have them, of um, Suzanne was was upset because Al had these black and blue marks all over his body <laughs> oh, from... I, we've paintballs one of those things you do it once don't want to do it again right <laughs> I, I don't i don't get it i i don't get the whole thing um but there was nothing crazy that really happened at the wedding except for he um al's been always very frugal so here's here's this guy that's really successful and he's got plenty of money and um he had his reception at a very um uh, bel-air uh, hotel which is a kind of a very famous uh, hotel, very, very pretty up in the hills, very picturesque, mm-hmm. kind of a Spanish style with, you know, arches and stuff. It's just very, very pretty. And uh, he said, I don't want to hire a DJ. Do you think that you could bring your stereo? <laughs> and <laughs> and I, I had the CD player that would play five CDs in a row. He says, I've burned my own music. This is what I want at my reception. And you think you could bring all your own stuff and hook it up. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So I remember getting there a little bit early and I was setting stuff up and it didn't work. And I'm going, I'm dead. I'm dead. I'm absolutely (laughs) dead. I'm going to have a stroke right here and they're just going to have to take me away. But then I figured out what was wrong and <laughs> my particular stereo, you had to hook up all four speakers. If you, um, you couldn't only hook up two speakers. You had to, it was a, like a quad, whatever, whatever. Mm. <laughs> and, and so I just got it just as people started arriving, I finally got it working and I said, I'm just, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm, <laughs> And it was it was a it was a uh, it was a very nice wedding. And uh, I remember after they got married, it was on the seashore that um, that rainbows came out and stuff. Wow! Uh, it was I was looking for the skittles. It was that kind <laughs> of. A, it just really was was a very nice affair, and and they're a really terrific couple, and. Um, I don't know. It it nothing really weird happened. It's just uh just I mean I did some shtick for for the um for the best man speech, yeah. but um, <laughs> you have to, you got to do it. Your, got to do it. Responsibility. That's right. Yeah, I remember Al and those hookers. Oh, whoops. <laughs> that time in Mex. What? Whoops. What? The cartel, what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, none of that stuff happened. So on August 27, 2018, a day that was very near and dear to me, in Hollywood, Al got his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And Joel, I know you were there. You were one of the invited guests. Uh, Can you tell us a little about how your day was that day and, you know, how the day went from your perspective? I actually was really nervous for him. And, um, he handles all these things with so much grace and ease. And I think one of the reasons that I stopped performing number one, cause I just wasn't, wasn't good enough, uh, which was okay with me. But 
Number two, I used to get so nervous and even nervous for him. When I still go to his concerts, I'm still nervous for him, even though he doesn't he doesn't care. I mean, he just he'll I said, do you ever not remember the words to a song? And he goes, yeah, it happens. (laughs) (laughs) So I get really nervous for him. He did freeze up one time uh, doing a song called Lasagna. Da, la, 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 lasagna, da, 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 da. I mean, live on yeah. TV. He just like, he brain locked. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the interviewer goes, uh, wow. Uh, so what do you do when that happens? And I was like, I don't know. I guess I do exactly what I just did then. I just like, <laughs> that's it. That's, that, that's it. But I remember that he, it was, um, for me, it was kind of a homecoming because I hadn't seen some of the guys in the band and his his parents, you know, and Nina and stuff for a while. And also uh, some of our mutual friends uh, were there. And I just had so much fun seeing everybody again. And um, I do remember uh, seeing Dave there because of the fact that Al did introduce you <laughs> as, <Yes>. as being... <laughs> one of the driving forces in, in making the whole thing happen. And I was amazed that it took so long to happen. So, you know, that's, that's something that uh, you should be applauded for because it was, it's like, um, you know, the tortoise and the hare kind of thing. It's just like, eventually if you just pursue, pursue, pursue and put your time and effort into it, sometimes things really come to fruition and, it's one of those memorable things that, um, you know, it's, it's a legacy that should live on well beyond uh, the music. And that's one thing I did ask him one time. I said, are you, are you pleased with your body of work? And that, you know, nobody, we all have an expiration date, you know, hopefully later than sooner. I said, are you pleased with what you'll leave behind? And he said, absolutely. And it's kind of, I thought that the whole presentation of the Hollywood Walk of Fame star was a really sweet moment in time, a sweet spot in time that uh, is kind of the culmination of a lot of long years of, uh, and he's very hardworking. I mean, he's, you don't think that, oh man, he just pulls stuff out of his his rectum and, you know, he just... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it's not that. I mean, he puts the work in, and when he goes into the studio, he gives all the guys, like, these are the things that you have to know when you come in. He doesn't waste any time. He's also, he's an excellent director uh, because he's always prepared. The guy is always prepared. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, I know that he was very appreciative and very touched by the fact that um, you guys could be there. Uh, for the ceremony and especially, you know, Dave, because you had such a, a big role in making that whole thing happen. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know if he's told you personally that he appreciated it, but I'm, I'm sure that he, that he does. And as far as I'm concerned, it was a long time coming, a long time coming. I mean, it should have happened. He should be in the, <laughs> in the rock and roll hall of fame. I don't know what, what they're, why they're dragging their feet. Also, you know, the Super Bowl halftime show. Come on, guys. <laughs> yeah. 
come on guys we don't need to see people dancing around in these glittery outfits and stuff although if he if he was to do a halftime show i bet you he would probably try to to, to uh dress like beyonce or something he'd have a nip slip yeah absolutely he would absolutely have a nip slip he would do that's i think I think the wild card is what they're afraid of. Right. <laughs> and they and they should be afraid. <laughs> but I know that he was it was uh you know a culmination of a of a lot of work and um you know to to have that happen was very special to him. Yeah, it was my pleasure, you know, definitely he deserves it very much and absolutely I agree with you 100%. Why is he not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and I'm looking forward to that Super Bowl halftime show when it does finally happen. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Joel, I would love to hear more about your perspective in the audience at Weird Al shows and, and what, what tours have you seen him on? I probably have seen him on every single tour, excuse me, except for when he did the, um, I think it was the indulgent tour, um, Right. The one where he was just doing almost like acoustic stuff. Yep. And I was supposed to see him. I was going to visit some friends in San Diego and uh, one of them got pretty ill. So they they canceled. And um, I mean, to the point where one of them was in the hospital, which was um, but she's she's good now. So I didn't. And he said, yeah, that particular venue was really weird anyway. You didn't miss. He says you didn't you didn't miss a, a, a very good show he says i felt weird doing it and it just the energy just wasn't there and just like any other comedian sometimes you you feed off of the room and sometimes the room is just dead yeah and you go like wow i just i just freaking bombed so i didn't see that one but i've seen every other one especially when he opened like for the the monkeys and um like i said uh a Weird Al concert is the most fun that you can have with your, your clothes on. It's, um, <laughs> it's, it's really, uh, my expression is everybody scores at a monkey party where what, what that means is that I was with one of my friends at the, at the zoo and we were looking at the monkeys and the monkeys were just going nuts and throwing stuff and everybody was jumping on everybody and having sex and all kinds of stuff. And my friend turns to me and he goes, dude, everybody scores at a monkey party. So Al's concerts are kind of like monkey parties. They're just everybody's. I mean, everybody, if, if you don't, if you don't exit from a Weird Al concert feeling better than when you came in, there's something terribly wrong. Yeah. And you should yeah. <laughs> probably be brought right to the police station because you are a psycho killer. <laughs> it's almost like, what was that movie with Tom Cruise and precognition and all that stuff? Where, uh, right. right. Yeah, if you're mad when you come out of a Weird out concert, they should just take you away and lock you, lock you right up. Because it's not, it's not possible. It's just, it's not possible to not feel better than when you went in. And what other, I mean, I can think of some movies that, that are that way, but I've never been disappointed at one of his concerts. Never. I agree. I never have either. Yeah. They just yeah. get better and better. He just, he just brings it. He just brings it. And he doesn't, um, you never feel that he's phoned it in. No. 
I mean, he's there. He is present. He is doing his thing. And it's so important to him that everybody have a good time. And uh, you can tell. I mean, people can tell when it's fake and people can tell when it's real. And he's he's as real as you get. Joel, you've been very, very generous with your time telling us all these amazing stories. I wanted to ask you something about this New York Times article that we've talked a bit about through the interview. Uh-huh. Um, one of my favorite parts is, and I'm going to read you the quote. I just, I'd love for you to respond to it. So yeah. um, Sam Anderson writes, Yankovic's friend Joel Miller insists that he has seen pornography set in Yankovic's living room, to which Weird Al responds with polite embarrassment, I'll take his word for it. <laughs> <laughs> That's just Al saying, uh, Joel has embarrassed me once again <laughs> with shooting off his mouth. And um, I will take his word for it. He's, basically, it's his way of not not validating, you know, it's like, you know, I've, I haven't seen it. <laughs> so he's like, oh, I haven't seen it. So I'll take his, I'll take his word for it. I'm kind of the, um, I guess I'm the lens through which he can see some of the things that he doesn't allow himself to see. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's kind of like, well, you know, Let's give it to Mikey. Mikey hates everything. <laughs> so I'm kind of the one that doesn't have, he's got a lot of filters. Yeah. I'm kind of unfiltered. So he gets, to, he gets to see the world through my eyes sometimes. And then I get to see the world through his eyes sometimes, which is, it's a nice, it's the nice kind of balance. And probably the reason that we've been friends for as, as long as we've been. And it's, it's very special when you have an enduring friendship that time can go by where you don't speak to one another. And then you happen to say, Oh, you know, I should give Al a call or Al calls me. Mm -hmm. And then we pick up like nothing has no time has gone by. Right. And, uh, that's really special. And we never judge one another, uh, for anything. Um, you know, he, he wouldn't judge me for, well, unless I did something really terrible, which is uh, not really in my <laughs> DNA. But um, uh, it's it's cool when you can have those kind of relationships, especially with people that are on a different wavelength. I know that when I'm around him, uh, he makes me uh, uh, quicker and funnier because I can bounce things off of him. Uh, Al is more reflective in, in just real life. He's more of a listener than he is, um, somebody who talks and talks and talks like I do. Mm -hmm. So when we get together, it's mostly me talking a lot and Al absorbing everything. And then once in a while he'll make a, a comment and it's kind of like he's editing everything in his head and then we'll make a comment when he knows that it's applicable to whatever you're speaking about or whatever the subject is. I know that when I gave him my first uh, screenplay, and it's the law if you live in Los Angeles, you have to write a screenplay. <laughs> right. Uh, so we actually stood outside a theater one time uh, in Westwood, which is uh, near UCLA uh, College, 
and we asked people just for fun, um, hey, how's your screenplay coming? <laughs> we're, just screwing, we're just screwing around. And eight out of ten people said, you know what? I'm having a little trouble with the third act, but overall, I think I like it. <laughs> so I gave him my screenplay and very Al-like, I said, would you please correct anything that, you know, is, is, is terrible? And so he gives it back to me. And I said, so how did I do? And, you know, he's a National Merit Scholar in English. He's, he's amazing. <laughs> I said, how did I do? And he says, 17 mistakes. And I go, huh, pretty damn good, huh? 17 mistakes. He goes, on the first page. <laughs> <laughs> I go, oh my God, and you're taking this red marker and gone through the whole thing, and it looked it looked like the redacted version of the Mueller report. It was terrible. And then later on, when I got better, he would only find a couple, and he would he would say like, very good, grasshopper, very good. <laughs> But so he's he's much more internalized than I am. He's he's um, and he can get into these creative funks, like he said in the article, where he can just walk around in a daze. And Suzanne and Nina know those looks, and and they just kind of leave him alone and let him do his his thing. Joel, this has just been an absolute absolute pleasure to talk to you. Oh, my my pleasure. Thank you guys. This is so much fun. We've learned so much. There's so many things that. I'm just going to cherish from this conversation. So really from both of us, thank you so much for, for joining us. Ah, uh, my pleasure. Maybe we can talk again. I'll go on for another five hours. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll just, just, just stay in the restroom when you have to use the restroom and we'll just, re just record it in there. Right. <laughs> It'll be our pleasure. You'll be welcome on anytime you want, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Ethan. Wow. Joel Miller, thank you so much for joining us. What a spectacular three weeks of getting to hear that incredible interview. He said so much. I learned so much. I laughed. I cried. I heard spicy language. Oh, such a great interview. Yeah, those stories that Joel shared with us over the past three episodes were pretty stinking majestic. A lot of that was news to me, and I consider myself, along with you, Ethan, one of the bigger Weird Al fans. And if we're hearing about it for the first time, then pretty much everybody else is hearing about it for the first time as well. Yeah, that interview is definitely going to go down in Weird Al history for shedding some light on some amazing topics that we'd never heard before. So once again, Joel, thank you so much for joining us. We definitely have to have him back. And I know Al is probably saying, no, don't have him back. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if these are the stories that Joel felt fit to share with us, can you imagine the stories that he's holding back? <laughs> oh, I can't imagine. <laughs> well, you know what that sound means by now. It means that we have a message on the 347 Spatula Hotline. Hi, Dave. Hi, Ethan. It's Jackson Scoggins, guest of episode 69, time traveler extraordinaire. I'm just calling to let you know that the 347 special hotline is the official hotline of Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al podcast. It's sponsored by 
Angel Valenzuela and David Cash to amazing Weird Al fans and podcast supporters. Ah, I, uh, I, I guess I didn't expect that from Jackson. Th- thanks, Jackson. Yeah, uh, me either. Wait, was that the call or do we have... Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, Frank, let's hear it. Hey, Dave. Hey, Ethan. Hope you both are having a great day. Hey, I wanted to uh, share something with you. I've been learning a few new instruments since I've had quite a bit of time at home. So I went online and I bought a couple of books on new instruments. One of them is a book on how to use a vibrate slap. Now, both classical and rock and roll, of course. So I've been working on that one. That's been really cool. I also got a book on how to use a kazoo. That's been a lot of fun. But my really, my favorite is uh, Bermuda's new music book. This is such a cool book. John Bermuda Schwartz, famous drum solos. So I picked the hardest one. It's taken a couple of months, but I think I've gotten it down. So I just hope you guys really like it. Here you go. John Bermuda Schwartz, famous concert drum solos. Oh, man. Wasn't that cool? That was so cool. I hope you both enjoyed it. Hey, have a great day. Thank you, Kenneth. I think you nailed that drum solo by John Bermuda Schwartz. I could not tell the difference. I swear, I thought it was John Bermuda Schwartz actually doing the drum solo. And I wish I was musically inclined like Kenneth. I would love to pull off something like that amazing drum solo. Kenneth, thank you for your call. That that That's true talent. And keep practicing the vibra slap and kazoo. Maybe one day you will get invited to perform in a comedy music band. This week's episode is brought to you in part by Discover Darwin, promoting tourism in Darwin, Minnesota. Not only is historic Darwin, Minnesota uh, beautiful, it's also religious. Did you know that Darwin, Minnesota is home to at least two churches? I would have never guessed. Both St. John's Church and also All Saints Church are located within the borders of Darwin, Minnesota. Now, wouldn't St. John be covered under All Saints? Well, yes, St. John is a saint, so All Saints would include St. John. Maybe some people just really like St. John and just don't really care for the other saints as much. Or maybe St. John is the patron saint of twine balls. So visit Darwin, Minnesota on your next expedition. Discover Darwin more than just the twine ball. And after you visit Darwin, Minnesota, be sure to visit discoverdarwin.biz. Each week, we're able to bring you this podcast absolutely free thanks to sponsors like Burrito Burrito, Angel Valenzuela, and his son, David Cash, Discover Darwin, Jackson Scoggins, David Grant, and all of our amazing close personal friend Patreon supporters, Mark, Javier, Kenneth, Jared, Zeb, Jeff, Blair, and Allison. We also give thanks to Trevor Son and everyone else in our Patreon family. Revenue from our incredible supporters on patreon.com slash 2000 inch allows us to continue doing what we love, which is making fantastically fun, funny, family friendly and feline and Fido friendly Weird Al podcast for you each and every week. We'd absolutely appreciate your consideration in joining our pretty stinking majestic Patreon family for as little as $1 per month. And remember, it's less than a month away, but all of our Patreon supporters at the $5 and above tier get to join us at our two-year anniversary concert starring Trevor Strong of the Amazing Arrogant Worms. That show is on Saturday, May 8th. If you're not a Patreon supporter yet and you want to attend, be sure to sign up now and reserve your spot. Are you looking for another way to support our podcast? 
Well, have we got the link for you! Head over to shop.2000inch.com for official Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast t-shirts, tote bags, mugs, tank tops, face masks, pillows, and so much more. Find us online at weirdalpodcast.com or 2000inch.com where you can find information about all of our guests and listen to past episodes like episode 51 inch where we interview Sam Anderson about his amazing Weird Al article in the New York Times magazine. Please join our Facebook group by heading to group.2000inch.com for episode discussions and other exclusive content. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 2000inch and at youtube.2000inch.com. And be sure to share all of our posts and tell your friends to gill and chill. We love it when you leave us voicemail via our 27-hour-a-day podcast hotline. All you have to do is call 347-SPATULA. You might even hear your message on the air. And by the way, you can catch our show on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, or the podcast app of your choice. Whichever you choose, be sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any new episodes when they drop every Wednesday. This spring, we will begin airing our series of bonus episodes where we sit down with John Bermuda Schwartz and go page by page, picture by picture, inch by inch through his book, Black and White and Weird All Over. Time is running out for you to grab the book if you want to be able to follow along with those episodes. Plus, buying multiple copies is a great way to celebrate upcoming Earth Day. And remember... Patreon supporters, you get to hear all of our bonus episodes, including the series with John Bermuda Schwartz early, so there's yet another reason for you to join our Patreon family if you have not already. Thank you once again to our guest, Joel Miller, as well as Mike Minnick, Adrian Vasquez, Jackson Scoggins, Kenneth Gwinnup, and thank you to the Grammy Award-winning Jim Kimo West for our incredible theme song. Thank you to Weird Al Yankovic as this podcast probably would not exist without him and a big thanks to all of you our listeners subscribers patreon supporters and sponsors and everyone else who made this episode and podcast possible you know these past three episodes have been really great but i think our intern frank screwed up a little bit oh what did our intern frank do i feel like maybe he should have cut off a few minutes off the end of part three so we could have had part four of our interview with joel miller on next week's episode ah drats i guess we're just gonna have to air something else well i'm looking forward to seeing what happens next week i have no idea That was Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 102-inch. The only podcast that makes me want to gill and chill. A Weird Al concert is the most fun that you can have with your, your clothes on. Yeah, I remember Al and those hookers.